Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I have one of the most exciting topics that I think we've had on Chip Chat in quite a while. And let me introduce my guests. The first guest is Phil Ludwig, rover navigation engineer with iSpace. And the second guest is Shashi Jane, back again, innovation manager at Intel. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks, Phil. Hello. So, Phil, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself first and tell the audience what it means to be a rover navigation engineer. I work directly for iSpace. We are an international company. We are headquarters in Tokyo, but I work in Europe. And I work on our advanced rover R&D. So my job is to figure out what's the best way to get our rover to perform autonomous tasks while it is on the moon. And one of these tasks is navigation. Fantastic. And Shashi, why don't you go ahead and remind the audience what your role is at Intel and how it relates to the topic today. So I'm an innovation manager at Intel. And what that means is I do pathfinding, uh, looking for new use cases for Intel products. I met Phil through the NASA Frontier Development Lab. My group is a sponsor of that public-private partnership between NASA and the commercial space and uh, AI industries. And during the summer of 2018, I was working with Phil on applications of lunar positioning and AI. So now the topic of the day is the National Frontier Development Lab, the lab that you just referenced, AI helping where GPS can't. Shashi, why don't you just kick it off with a description of what is the challenge that we were trying to solve with artificial intelligence and location? So the NASA Frontier Development Lab, again, is a public-private partnership. NASA brings space problems, and Intel brings the hardware and the AI expertise, and many partners do that. But Intel is especially focused on space resources, which is the concept of bringing in resources from the moon and asteroids and other bodies for missions that will get us out to the stars effectively. Uh, The reason why we would focus on this is because it's expensive to take resources from the Earth into orbit. It costs about $29,000, for example, to put a bottle of water into orbit. But it's much less expensive to recover resources from the moon and use them for other missions like habitats or for creating fuel and so on and so forth. So when we go in and look at applications of AI, there's 50 years of data in a repository at NASA, and we apply AI to mapping, you know, making better maps and creating better traverses, which is in a previous chip chat. That's basically creating navigation paths. But for this one that Phil and I worked on is for positioning. Imagine that we have GPS on Earth to locate us, and we can use that in a phone, but there's no such thing on the moon. So when you place rovers or you place landers or you even want to select a place to work, you have literally nothing to work with except for manual instruments. So this summer we helped automate that. So Phil, you are a rover navigation engineer. Talk about what it's like to be landing a rover on the moon without a good landscape of where you are and where you're going and what we've been able to accomplish with this collaboration? The first problem when you land either on the moon or even on Mars is you have to figure out where you are because if you don't know where you are, it becomes very difficult for the teams here on Earth to do any planning. 
And the rovers by themselves, they have very little awareness of what their surroundings look like. So we either need to teach them what their surroundings look like by themselves, or we need to figure out where they are. And then with this localization, we can then help our teams to do this. Currently, NASA does this, but they do it in a manual way, which is very labor intensive and it takes a long time. So the aim of our challenge was to look at ways to be able to automate this process and to help the engineers and the scientists here on the ground to do that as quickly as possible so that they can get to the actual mission as quick as they can. Now, what are the challenges from a technology perspective in actually tapping imagery to provide that map, if you will, for understanding location much more fluidly? So the issue that we faced when we looked at the NASA images is while there's a lot of data, most of it is not ready to be used right away. So the biggest problem you're facing is that you need to do a lot of pre-processing, you need to geo-reference your images, you need to remove artifacts. And actually, our biggest issue was that we couldn't use this data right away. And then on the other hand, also for the machine learning part, we needed data with ground truth, and we don't really have ground truth on the moon. So in the end, our solution was to start off with a simulated environment instead. So tell me about that, Shashi. Do you want to add some details on the simulated environment? Yeah. What's amazing about this challenge is that we're using technologies from another domain to train our AI solution. So Phil and the team put together a simulation of the moon in Unreal Engine. And Unreal Engine is a game engine. So the same things that you're using for first-person shooters and you know games that are very familiar to you are being used to create this lunar environment that can be then used to train the algorithm. So they contain everything from craters to landmarks to rocks and different types of areas such as dunes and whatnot. Really interesting simulation, and they were able to build their solution on top of that. So essentially, it gave us a lot of flexibility that we wouldn't have had with real data, and it allowed us to create over 2 million images that we then used for our training, and which also came with the proper ground truth data that you actually need if you want to do machine learning. Now, Phil, I would assume that this first step gives you a great perspective on how you would actually drive mapping of other environments. You mentioned Mars as one. Tell me how this would be applicable to various areas that we may decide to send rovers to in the future. So essentially, our solution could be applied to both Mars and Moon. There's not really a big difference. I mean, if you look at orbital images and surface perspective images, they will essentially provide the same solution and the solution could also be applied here on Earth because it's the same problem wherever you are. Except that here on Earth we already have GPS, so it's less useful here. Mars is an interesting use case in that we actually, funnily enough, have a lot more data about Mars and we have a lot more rovers on Mars than what we have on the Moon. So currently the best use case is to actually look at Mars. But for the future and for space resources, what we were looking at, the moon is the much more interesting use case because it's so close and it gives companies or even NASA a lot more flexibility to try things out. 
Now, let's go under the covers a little bit about the AI solution that was used for this particular experiment. Shashi, can you just break down how we applied artificial intelligence, what frameworks we used to train the algorithm, et cetera? Yeah, this is the most exciting part. To watch this unfold felt like watching science fiction. We start with the fact that there's no GPS on the moon, there's no locators, there's no satellites, there's nothing like that. What we have instead are extensive photography of orbiters going around the moon, so looking straight down at the surface or maybe at a slight camera angle. So that's what the team had to start with. So the reasoning that they went through was, how can a rover that's already on the moon locate themselves inside of that kind of picture. And what they did is reason that every one of these rovers is going to have a camera and likely on a mast. So without thinking of any other sensors that, that would come along with it, that being the lowest common denominator, they started with what can we do with camera images? And what they came up with was taking four pictures, front, back, side to side, and stitching them together and creating this image. The breakthrough, though, was is that they were able to figure out a way of creating a synthetic orbital image of the rover using just the surrounding pictures. And if you look at these things, you can see this in news articles and about this solution. The synthetic image is called a reprojection. doesn't actually look a lot like what's in uh, an actual orbital image. But the application of AI allowed us to bridge that gap. So the AI figured out features that made sense to match the reprojected image to the actual orbital image. So you drop a rover on the moon, it takes four images and it can locate itself. For the AI part, we use the pre-trained network of ResNet 50 to speed up the process. And then on top of that, with the help of PyTorch, we did the additional training. That's fantastic. So cool to see this technology coming together. Now, Phil, iSpace is an interesting partner here in that you're doing some real-world exploration of the moon and beyond. Can you tell me a little bit about what your company is targeting in terms of space exploration and how this research helps apply real-world information to those pursuits? So yeah, iSpace is a startup that was founded initially with the Google Luna X Prize. And essentially, the goal of iSpace is to send rovers to the moon and to found the basis of a lunar economy. And in order to do that, we are currently working on setting up our first technology demonstrators. We have recently announced that we have booked two missions with SpaceX, one in 2020 for an orbiter around the moon and one in 2021 for a lander with two rovers also for the moon. So we're really working hard on demonstrating that our technology can do this and that a private company can rival things that NASA can do. Because essentially NASA missions are nice, but once it comes to actually large-scale explorations, this cost is so big that the private industry needs to step in at some point. The nice thing with the research we've done here is that this research is directly applicable to what we do at, at iSpace. Once we have our rovers on the moon, we also need to figure out um, localizations of where these rovers are, and ideally in the most cost-effective way of doing this. So when we talked earlier about that the rovers would just have a mast and a single camera, 
this was actually taking into account a realistic use case of what you would have on one of those rovers, uh, rather than having additional expensive sensors to do this localization. So, Phil, now that you've completed the research as part of the NASA Frontier Development Lab program, what are the next steps in terms of taking what you've learned and making it applicable to more scientists? So all of our team, they're very eager to actually make sure that the research doesn't stop here. But we're currently working on actually publishing the data set so that other people can do the machine learning research without having to go through the whole process of generating a lot of images. And the second thing we're doing is that we actually want to write a publication about this so that the details of this are actually out there for everyone to use. Because that's the whole spirit of the FDL program is that we do this research, but we also make sure that other people can use this research in the future. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the program today. Phil, if folks want to find out more about iSpace and what you've delivered in terms of the National Frontier Development Lab, where would you send them for more information? For iSpace, the best place would be our website, ispace-inc.com. And then for the actual research, currently the best place to go is the NASA Frontier Development Lab website, where you can find information not only about our topic, but the other AI research topics that were worked on. The URL for the Frontier Development Lab is frontierdevelopmentlab.org. Lots of great projects on there. And then if you'd like to learn more about Intel AI, it's really simple, intel.com slash AI. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys both for your time today. Thanks for the inspiring innovation that both of you are driving. We can't wait to hear more of these types of stories on ChipChat. Thank you so much for having us, Phil. Yep. Thanks for having us. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.